monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G. And joining me, as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? Good, how are you? I'm a little under the weather. I know. I have a bit of a cold. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's not great. It's, it's all up in my sinuses. I know. And it's making my throat a little scratch. I should probably have some water. I know. Why don't you have water? I don't know. I never think of that. When we stop to do the trailer, I'll get some water. Uh, but yes, we're back. This is your mid-month bonus b- 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 bonus episode. Joey and I had a date night this <coughs> week. <coughs> I don't have gross. a cough button. Or maybe I do. I don't know how to use it. What do we have? We had a date night this week. Yeah, we did. And you got to, got to pick it. I did. It was. Uh, I have been a fan of the director, animating, animating director legend Satoshi Kon for a while. What else has he done? Uh, he has had four films. The one we saw, a movie called Millennium Actress that I haven't seen yet. Uh, a movie called Tokyo Godfathers, which is really good. You have that, right? I do. I a movie called Paprika, which is amazing. And I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And it's sort of... If you see Paprika, you'll be like, oh, Inception isn't quite as original as I thought it was. Paprika is sort of like a cooler version of Inception. I'm so excited for all these movies now. And he also uh, did a television series called Paranoia Agent, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Do we have that? Uh, you've watched one episode of it with me. We don't. We were going to watch it together, weren't we? The problem with it is that like the English home video rights are, I don't know, in limbo. So in order to actually get it on DVD, it costs like $600 on eBay for the old set. And I oh. don't want to do that. Yeah, so no. I'm hoping someday someone will rescue it and put it on Blu-ray. But... Uh, the other, he also did some manga that I've read that's really good. Uh, and unfortunately, he passed away, I believe, in 2010 uh, before finishing his final film, which is to this day unfinished. Uh, but anyway, the one we watched was, I believe, his first uh, feature film. No way. 1997's Perfect Blue, written by Sadayuki Murai, based on a novel also called Perfect Blue by Yoshikatsu Takayuchi. Cool, eh? Uh, it's the story of Mima, uh, who is the member of a Japanese idol group. Do you normally describe the movie before you do the trailer? I don't know, do I? I think you should play a trailer here. And good news, everyone, I found an English dub for the trailer, so you don't have to listen to the Japanese trailer. There's an actual English trailer that you can enjoy. Ooh, fancy! Excuse me, who are you? Excuse me, who are you? Was a pop star. This is Mima's last performance with Cham. Who desired to become an actress. I really hope that I can entertain you just the same as an actress. But sometimes aspirations can be deadly. I'm always watching Mima's room. In the world of make believe. This is when Mima proves herself. The price of fame 
Don't worry, Mima. It'll be all right. May not be worth the cost of identity. <laughs> Where did this come from? How do they know so much? Innocence is lost. Dreams become nightmares. And privacy no longer exists. Where everything you do can be seen by everyone. And those you trust are really those you should fear. Your life no longer belongs to you. Excuse me. Manga you? Entertainment Excuse presents Satoshi Khan's animated psychological thriller. Perfect Blue. Excuse me, who are you? Excuse me, who are you? That trailer was intense. Yep. Radical. I actually watched the trailer this today. I never watched the I know trailer. you don't. I should. You probably ought to. Look how cloudy our water looks. That's just from the tap water. It's no, I know. I'm just saying. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just I've never looked at it before. I usually don't have a glass of water. I just chug it. And now you have it sitting here. So that I don't cough. Um, yeah. Okay. So now can I tell the people what it's about? Is that okay with you? Yep. Because you, uh, you doing it in the correct order now. I was Good excited. Job. So sue me. The film follows Mima Kirojo. Kirog. Okay. Anyway, Kiri. It looks like it's K I R I G O E. So Kirigo. Kirigoi. We can just go with the first names. Mima. Uh, she's a member of a pop group in Japan. They're called Pop Idols. I love that so much more. That like pop stars yeah. are called idols in Japan. And That's the just band rad. is called Cham. Cham. Uh, and she is leaving her pop group to pursue an acting career, uh, which is somewhat troublesome as she becomes the victim of stalking and uh, she begins to lose her perception of uh, what's real and what isn't. And uh, yeah, it's all kind of about like the blurring of lines between fantasy and reality in contemporary Japan, which is interesting because of how incredibly prescient it feels for 2018 uh, in all culture, not just in Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically just a bunch of crazy stuff starts to happen, and you have a stalker, and people are getting murdered around her, and she starts to not know what's happening, whether it's real or not, or where she is, or which her reality and her fantasy start to blur together, and, uh, yeah, it's cray-cray. It's putting it lightly. But it's really good. It was really good. It's very, very good. It's scary. I was mad, because... You told me that it's like Black Swan. Okay, I didn't tell you it's like Black Swan. I told you that it had been an influence on Black Swan. I hadn't seen this before, so I didn't know that. And I had heard that a lot of stuff in Black Swan was sort of... I had heard that some there was some stuff ripped off of uh, of this in so Black Swan. So I thought that that ruined the ending. Well, it didn't. But it didn't, so no. I was happy about that. Good. And it was a lot like Black Swan, though, where it... Mm-hmm. it um, where she doesn't know what's real, she's having visions of herself mm-hmm. at, as her pop idol when she was a pop idol. Yep. In Cham, so she's wearing the cute little Cham and her outfit. hallucination, or possibly not, keeps uh, referring to itself as the real Mima. Yes. Yeah. And she's sold out and. I- Part of me kept laughing every time someone said Mima because all I can think of is Thirty Rock was Kenneth when Ma Mima told me. Really. Yeah, really. I thought about it a lot during the movie. Mima. Very good insight, Joey. It wasn't an insight. I was just telling you a cute little anecdote about me. So cute. Ma. 
So cute. You know. Anyway, one of the creepiest things about this movie was Mima's room. Not her room, but the website Mima's room. Right. Which is run by uh, somebody, presumably her stalker. Or, but it turns out not to be her stalker, but blah, blah, blah. Uh, that writes extremely uh, detailed diary entries from her perspective uh, that are very, very, very detailed. So much so that it's impossible for this person to have known these things unless she was being watched very, very closely. Which is kind of disturbing, right? Yeah, it was really disturbing. Like, it was like, oh, I usually step off the train with my right foot, and today I stepped off with my left foot. And then she has flashbacks to all these things that she actually did in her day. Exactly. Buying the... And I bought my fish food, and I have to buy this brand, and it flashes back to the grocery store when she bought that brand of fish food for her fish. Yeah. And So <clears throat> I thought that the, the horror of this movie, so to speak, kind of worked on two levels for me. There was sort of like the pure, sort of like the visceral terror of like somebody's watching you. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a more, slightly more existential dread that kind of really predicted what celebrity would be like now. Like, uh, when this movie came out, like pop stars, actresses, actors, those were celebrities, right? Yes. Now, like, the, the barrier, the threshold for popularity for celebrity is so much lower in like... We have streamers and podcasters, for example. So all these people uh, that people listen to or watch, whether they be actors, movies, podcasters, whatever, you on some level you feel like you know these people, right? Because yeah, you kind of like true. you feel like a personal attachment to them. You don't at all. You you have a relationship, a one way relationship with quote unquote an avatar with the the gimmick version of that person that that person's presenting it's not the real person totally at all. yeah and this movie kind of gets at the existential terror of like what if the idea of this not real version of you that everyone perceives to be and perceives perceives you as and knows what if that becomes you and takes over your life and leave and like replaces you like cuz that's kind of what is happening with like the Mima, the her hallucination, her her hallucination of herself, right? Mm-hmm. Saying that she's the real one, but she's like this fake artifice, the gimmick version that she presents in her persona as a pop totally. star. Totally, she's just in her whole yeah. like pop idol costume the so whole you, time. Yeah, so you the get like the creepiness of being watched with the existential dread of like this complete loss of identity and and being completely eclipsed by an unreal version of yourself and then not knowing where you end and that thing begin that is terrifying yeah i loved all those scenes because you kind of couldn't tell what was real what wasn't was Mm -hmm. she seeing was she seeing the stalker was she not what did the stalker do what did she do what did this other version of herself do and why doesn't she remember it like there's this very specific one i'm thinking of where there's a murder and she finds the murder, like the bloody clothing in her closet, but she doesn't remember doing it. It's so interesting because we watched the movie and it's been a couple of days now and I'm still questioning what was real and what wasn't. Like, did she do it? Did she actually find those clothes in her closet? Were they put right. there by someone else? Yeah. And the only reason we know that those clothes were worn in those things is because we get to see that murder. But from whose perspective are we seeing it? We don't really know. Because from whatever perspective, it looks like Mima. Yeah, because everything else we've seen has been from her perspective, basically. But we can't trust her perspective. And then you get into these scenes that she's not there, maybe. Or maybe she is. And it's sort of like, we don't even know who's narrating this scene. Mm-hmm. And you eventually, you like you can't trust what you're seeing. Scenes bleed into scenes. You lose all track of time and place. And 
narrative thread like she's in a soap opera and that starts to become her reality and mim- and mirroring things that are happening in what we think is her actual reality. Well, it, it's even like twofold because the so she's trying to break out as an actress on the show called Double Blind, which is kind of like a CSI criminal minds type of show so she's experiencing all this real horror in her real life (coughs) right this existential horror and then also maybe real horror with this maybe stalker Mm -hmm. um but then she's also experiencing real horror or but having to act it on this show right that's the third level right with blood so she's she thinks she's seeing these other murders or she thinks maybe she killed someone and then she has Mm -hmm. to go on the set and deal with like dead pretend dead bodies and and she has to create like a third version of herself in that like some of the things she's being asked to do in her acting thing are things she doesn't want to do like these explicit violent rape scenes yeah she has to just put on a smile and be like of course no no bother no thank i'm I'm happy to do it and then you know obviously she's not we see a scene where it's like this is not something she wants to do but she has to put on this happy face and put on this gimmick version of herself again. I kind of thought it was sweet, like, during that scene when they, like, call cut and they're all, like, that the, the guy is on top of her and he's like, I'm really sorry. And he's, like, apologizing yeah. for it. Because it, it kind of made like it... how awkward that would it be. It kind of made it more human than, like, yeah. just this random guy doing this to her and, or this random actor doing it to her. Like, it made him human, he's too. Kind of, yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to do it either. And she has to be like, oh, no, it's okay. And, yeah. like, have the smile on. Yeah, so, like... There's a lot of stuff and layers going on in this movie. Yeah. It's really good. I loved how it looked, like, um, in her actual bedroom. Mm-hmm. Every time it showed the outside, it was, like, this beautiful view. And then near the end, when things kind of spiral down, and it shows the same view. But it's just of train tracks and this all cr- crappy train going by. Like, the view she was seeing right. wasn't wasn't really what she was seeing or, or maybe it was or is know. that even her room because she even says this isn't my room like i kind of took from that that the person who abducted her had created oh. a fake version of her room that she was living in as her okay, that makes more sense then. i don't but again but that it might could be, be either yeah. way right because that's one of, of the things because there are certain sequences like towards the end there's a person who is impersonating her so it, not just a person, it's her well, it's this roomie yeah. is um her agent yeah. one of her agents who was a former pop idol herself Oh, I kind of missed that part, I guess. When when they're talking about how, like, uh, Mima doesn't want to do some of this stuff, and the other agent is like, you know, uh, this it's a long time from when Rumi was a, a, a was idol, it? and she's like, it's not about that, but Rumi was her name, and he was saying, like, you know, she used to be an idol, and now she's old and fat and can't be one, so now she's a manager. Okay, and that must I kind of missed that then. So then it's that makes like, more it's sense. It's one short piece of dialogue that gives you that little tip. So, yeah, spoiler, mm-hmm. at the end, Rumi... Um, ex- like shows herself to as being Mima. She was wanted to be Mima. Yeah, she was the fake Mima who'd been sending these emails to the stalker. Right, trying to antagonize the stalker to mm-hmm. to kill Telling Mima. Telling him to do st- yeah to do yeah. other stuff to kill them because Mima, Mima isn't isn't real anymore. Yeah, because and this guy is you know the cliche uh, weird looking deformed fan loser guy person. fan who can't determine reality from fiction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but like nothing is as simple as that. Like, I, I honestly like it's an anime, and it's a cartoon. But I I got chills because you see whenever Mima sees her hallucination, it's just herself in costume, and then you see you see she's looking at herself in costume, and then it cuts to it's not 
herself. It's Rumi. It's Rumi dressed as her. Dressed as yeah. her in this tight little red outfit. And then, but there's even, the shot is Rumi um, dressed as Mima, but in the mirror reflected is it's still, it's Mima, still yeah. actually Mima. And it was like, that gave me chills. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I didn't expect it to be a real, real person. Yeah, I didn't either. Well, but then on the more I think thinking about it, I'm like, it can't have been her the whole time either because there's lots of sequences where only Mima can see her or like chasing her and she's like prancing in this really creepy floaty way across like streetlights and stuff. So that yeah, can't be Yeah, or Rumi. down hallways. I yeah. So, so this, it's like she was having real hallucinations, but then Rumi was actually doing it too. It yeah, just like so is very like, complicated. It would, you'd have to like watch it a zillion times to try and figure out which ones were which. Not that it really matters, but it's 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 really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. And it was kind of like I also kind of took it as uh, like a girl growing up, like mm-hmm. loss of innocence, um, loss of childhood. Like, she's kind of this, this cute little pop idol, and then she wants to break into acting mm-hmm. where she's expected to do kind of graphic, real-world problems, mm-hmm. like like dealing with rape and yeah. death. Well, and you don't even get the sense that she actually wants to be an actress. Like, I don't actually... Th- I think she actually wanted to stay a pop singer, but her managers were telling her she needs to go into acting because that's what they can push her as because eventually she'll age herself out of the teen idol thing. And she's going along with it because she doesn't want to trouble them. Right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> also, like, this is a dense movie. There's so much in it. And it's 80 minutes long. And it doesn't feel short at all. I mean, it didn't feel too long either, No, that's though. what I mean. I'm just saying, like, the fact that he crams this much quality shit into that tiny of a window is amazing. I definitely want to rewatch it and now that you've mentioning all these other movies, I want to watch them too. But I'm Tokyo, afraid to watch Black Swan again because I really like Black Tokyo Swan. Tokyo Godfather, like, when did he make that one? 2003? I think. When did he die? 2010. Oh. He made one more movie after Tokyo Godfather's called Paprika. Okay. I, uh, I think he'd like Tokyo Godfather's. It's a lot less like head trippy so to speak like it's more just like a grounded street level story it's still got some weird stuff in it but there's nothing like quote unquote for lack of a better term lynchy about it it's act- it's more like uh, uh, to, to hammer the David Lynch metaphor home it's like Satoshi Kon's straight story to David Lynch's straight story yeah yeah but, yeah it was David Lynchian eh yeah um I, when you're talking about perfect blue in today's context um, I thought of that, not exactly how you thought of it, but when I was watching the movie, it made me think about the whole Me Too movement in Hollywood and what women have done or have been through to, to become actresses and, and what she was going through to become an actress, which was like a fake rape scene, but like still, it, was, yeah, it still made me of think that, of, of it in today's context sure. as well. And I'm still just a little bit blown away about how predictive it was of modern celebrity. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's nails this weird, like, parasitic relationship that the audience has with the content, quote-unquote, content creators of the world. And, like, the threshold for celebrity is so low now. You know? Like, yeah. I think about all the podcasts or streamers that I watch and like on some level you feel like, oh yeah, I know this person. Totally. I feel don't. that I think that too when I listen yeah. to my podcasts. Like you relate to them on yeah. certain things. Well, or they have stories intimate... that are 
stories that are similar to yours. Yeah. It's such a strange that you can have such an intimate relationship that is completely one way. Yeah. You know, that person doesn't know and in all likelihood will never know you exist. And this version of them that you connect with doesn't exist. Well, in some ways, like podcasts and TV shows and movies, we feel connections to those characters or people to fulfill some sort of loneliness mm-hmm. in us. So we look for that, whether it's there or not. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's dark. Anything else you want to say? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I feel like it's just so... It's such a complicated movie. I just want to go back and rewatch it and rewatch it. Yeah, I'm hoping, like, for, for years, this movie was also hard to get a hold of. <coughs> and then it got <clears throat> picked up uh, in English language. Or not English. It, it got, got rescued in North American distribution again, which is why we got to see it in the theater, because it got a theatrical re-release. And so I'm hoping that they'll then translate into some kind of Blu-ray release, because the only Blu-ray release that I can find of it is a Region B one, yeah. which is like a UK one, and I don't have a, I don't really want to import an expensive bare bones Blu-ray that can only be watched on Region Free or Region B players. So hopefully, at some point, that'll get sorted out, and we'll be able to watch it whenever we want. Are you okay, honey? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ill. I'm sick. My I know, voice is you're, not you're great. I'm trying not to cough. I'm sorry that I made fun of you for being sick. You're not sorry. But you do sound sick now. I feel bad for you. It didn't. Did I not sound sick before? Oh no! I just can see you're struggling. Well, this is the most I've spoken today. So I apologize to your ears if my usual <laughs> sultry tones aren't there. <laughs> I can only imagine that a lot of people listen to this podcast with their pants off. No, Joey. No. Oh yeah. Listening to Joey's sultry tones. Because, I mean, who doesn't want to, like, just whack it till it pops by listening to, uh, <laughs> you going, Hi, it's me, Nicole. And you going, Hey, I'm really clever and funny. Okay. Also, how do you feel about whack it till it pops? That's, I don't know. It's pretty good, I right? don't like it. I don't know that I do either. It's like when I said sticky fun. It's not. I really don't like that. <laughs> I've never forgiven you for... That, that? For that, you didn't ruin the phrase to keep on. It was not good to begin with. You can't ruin that which is already like an abomination. Uh. Gross. So yeah, look at this, Nicole. Our third. This is our first episode of November, and there will be a regularly scheduled follow-up episode at the end of the month. The last Friday of the month. Yeah. So we're kind of like meeting this uh, twice a month thing so far. Well, it's only been month two, so don't don't that's get still, too excited. Okay, I'm just saying that's pretty good. It is pretty good. So I'm we've happy. now been promising this movie for like three episodes, but the next episode will 100% be Mandy. <laughs> Joey's pick. Yep, the the Rod Stewart biopic. <laughs> Rod Stewart has a song called Mandy. Okay. Yeah, and that's what that movie's about. So we're gonna we have actually it's, we've already watched it. It's not what that movie's about. No shit. Just to make it clear. Yeah, I'm sure they were all like, oh, it's weird that they're going to watch a Rod Stewart movie for this spooky movie podcast. <laughs> I mean, Rod Stewart's pretty frightening. There's that story about him getting all that juice pumped out of his gut. It's not Ew. true, but it's one of those like urban legends that he like what? chugged so much dick that he Ew. had to get his stomach pumped because of all the semen. You never heard that? No, I never heard that. That's like one of those famous things, like the, like the Richard Gere hamster up the butt. I didn't know this one either. Yeah, keep that talk- was another weird rumor. That, keep like, telling me these rumors. Richard Gere stuck a hamster up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> let me wink, so let me wink. 
Yeah, he probably didn't. <laughs> probably. How would you even do that without killing the hamster? That's animal cruelty. Uh, no kidding. I'm just saying, like, if you were going... I'm not saying you should, but if you were going to put a hamster up your ass, how would you do it to, you know, with the best chance of preserving the hamster? Like, like kill the hamster first and then... No, but why? who wants a dead hamster up their ass? Who wants, who wants a live one? Again, not me, but I assume that it's not... Like, because if, you, if, you, if you're going to put a dead hamster up your ass, get a stuffed animal. You know? Maybe they like the bones. Well, maybe. Get a get a stuffed out. Get a beanie baby. That's got kind of like a crunchy texture <laughs> oh, to okay. it. Okay, we've gone too far. Look, don't put animals living or dead up your ass. All right, that's that has always been our slogan here on the Pride of the Creature podcast. <laughs> you can be able to get your T-shirts. <laughs> say, don't put animals living or dead up your bottom. Joey and Nicole, kissy kissy. Alright, good night, folks. What, what is that? Is that your new sign off? Good night, folks? <laughs> That's what I'm saying now. I see. We will be back uh, for you in the last Friday of the month. Nicole, what's the date of the last Friday of this month? You yeah, Nicole, look. You had one job. Ah, uh, oh, it's the 30th. So on November 30th, uh, tune it back in here at BrideOfTheCreature.com or wherever you get your podcasts be it Pocket Cast, <laughs> iTunes, or what have you. The new episode will drop. So they say drop. Yeah, I'm really tired. That's going to wrap us up here today. Uh, once again, Nicole sounds better than me. I feel sick. My microphone isn't as good. we got to get a new microphone. But until next time, I am the creature Joey G. And I'm the bride Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy kissy. We went too far with all that. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man?